Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about production KPIs with the help of special guest Rick Swanquist of Main Street Design Build in Birmingham, Michigan. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hello everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. So, we are kind of on a series here. And like I mentioned before, we got a request from a listener that said, can you talk about ways to evaluate production and, and actually uh, make sure everybody's being efficient? And so I sent out an email to all the people that I know in this business, and, and we've started into talking about that topic. So in, in my visits with companies, companies tend to know that they've got a problem with production, but they don't really know how to measure it or in many cases, how to fix it. And so in general, there's a lot of frustration. We don't think we're, we're estimating high enough or we don't think we're producing fast enough or the two just don't seem to mix. And so we're trying to figure out how do we actually know what's going on in production. So the term KPI or key performance indicators popped up on my radar a few years ago, and we're trying to figure out what does it mean and how do we address it. So we asked all of our listeners, and it turns out that very, very few people actually have a good handle on this uh, and are very good at measuring. They know they're making money, they know they're losing money, but they don't really have a way of measuring the efficiency of their team or measuring their production. It may not even be efficiency. It may just be production. And then I think once they've measured it, if they do at all, the question is, what do we do with that information? So today we're going to have a chance to talk with one of the production managers that's in our production manager roundtable groups who actually uses KPIs. And uh, I'm really looking forward to learning something. Steve? All right, let's get started here. So a veteran of the construction industry since 1996 with nearly 15 years of project management experience, Rick has been with the Main Street family since 2015. From humble beginnings, working with his father's remodeling company, including rough and finished carpentry crews in the family business, to selling, estimating, and managing residential remodeling projects at a large construction company, Rick has found his passion in scheduling and managing subcontractors and in-house carpenters, seeing a project through to its final completion. Rick was hired on to be a project developer at Main Street, quickly working his way up to project manager, where he spent the first two years of his tenure managing projects. He has currently been a production manager for two years at Main Street. Welcome to the show, Rick. Hello, Steve and Tim. Thank you for having me on today. I'm very excited to be a part of the Tim Fowler show and look forward to talking with you guys about key performance indicators and how they relate to our production department. All right. So um, give us a little bit more about Main Street. What's what's your annual 
produced volume and uh, what's your team look like? Do you have in-house employees? Do you have project managers? What does it look like? Well, Main Street is a design-build contractor out of Birmingham, Michigan. Uh, we're husband and wife owned and specialize in interior and exterior residential remodeling and have been around for almost 28 years here. Um, our annual volume runs about $4 million. And our company is made up of about 25 employees between all of our departments. Uh, currently here, our production department houses six carpenters, two project managers, a purchasing manager, and myself. And we are a predominantly project manager-based company, uh, but actually we're looking forward to sending some of our most accomplished carpenters for lead carpenter training next year. Oh, very cool. <laughs> All right. So let's just talk about KPIs. In your opinion, what makes a good key performance indicator? In other words, what what type of thing uh, I don't even know how to describe it. What what type of um, measurement would make a good KPI? Well, I think that the good definition of a KPI is a goal that can be practicable and repeatable through objectives that are really defined with metrics and have targets and timelines with methods for predicting and measuring them. Uh, as a production manager, I only have so much interaction with carpenters and project managers. We hold a weekly production meeting, but I'm not working alongside each of these guys each day to really be able to form a fair and unbiased opinion about them. So the KPIs that we have in place here at Main Street are all very important data that are collected throughout each project. Hmm. Okay, so you went through a lot of words there. I hope you got them written down because I wanted to kind of, I didn't have a chance to write them down fast enough as you were saying them, but predictable was one of the words, right? Measurable, uh, goals. Well, what are some of the other words that you used in that definition? Objectives. Okay, objective, uh, right. Metrics. Metric, okay. Targets. All right. And timelines. Okay, and timelines. Okay, good. So everybody out there in podcast world, keep those things in mind because it, I, I do think that's a very important key to this is is getting some good definition about what you're trying to do. So for your team, what did you land on for your KPIs? What are some of the things that you're measuring? Go through them slowly and give us some ideas so we can kind of get a picture of what what they look like, but maybe your project managers have some KPIs and maybe your carpenters do as well. Yeah, I have different KPIs set up for carpenters and for project managers. Uh, for my carpenters, I think that uh, some of the most important KPIs out there, and I have 13 that I measure on a consistent basis. Wow. And, uh, and that looks like client satisfaction. Yep. Visible defects. Productivity, sickness or absence. <laughs> okay. Working hours and schedule and construction time. All right. Qu qualifications and skills. All right. Quality of work. All right. Efficiency of work habits. Okay. Professionalism in working with customers, team members, and subcontractors. Okay. Close out. 
Okay. Job logs and job photos. Ah, okay. Store runs. All right. And communication. Okay. All right. So now some of those are very easy to measure, like store runs. You can uh, you can put a you know a, a metric up that says how many times did we go. But I'm thinking about things like productivity and efficiency, that kind of thing. How do you actually measure that? Productivity and efficiency for us are measured in a couple of different ways. The way that we set up our scheduling is that uh, per day, each carpenter has a group of tasks that they need to have performed. Uh, the way that we set up our schedules is by going and actually uh, measuring against what was allowed within our estimate and then assigning tasks based on hours for you know each of those allocations. So okay. for, uh, for a casing a window, you might have a certain amount of time. And so we look at it as, well, you have X amount of time to complete casing all these windows. And did you complete it or did you not? Okay. Okay. So it's measured. So the estimate plays a big part in the, this measurement of your team. So they're trying to hit the estimate. Therefore, that's a good measure to have for them. Yes. Okay, cool. Now, those 13, were those just the ones for the carpenters? Those are just the ones for the carpenters there. Uh, okay, so another question on, like, how do you measure these things? We'll get back to the project managers in a second, but I just want to roll with this carpenter thing because, like you said, you're not out on the job site every day, you know, with a stopwatch going like, okay, good for you. You, you know, you got your casing done. So how do you measure all those 13 different things? The way that we do a big part of the measurement is through actually our project autopsy. Okay. So each project uh, manager is responsible for a packet uh, for each project. And within that, um, at the end, of course, we do a project autopsy. Okay. And each carpenter that spends a significant amount of time on the project is graded through a report card at the end of that project. Ah, okay. So that's how we kind of bring it full circle. Now, it doesn't really address the day-to-day. -day, okay. Um, but those things are addressed a little bit more independently through our production meetings and through project manager meetings that I'm hosting each week. Yeah. So do you feel like it, it uh, kind of like averaging it, it, it evens out over time. So over the course of a year, let's say you might get a real picture of a carpenter's production because they've been on five or six or eight different jobs. Is that kind of the way you look at it, that ultimately it will average its way out? So if someone's not being productive, then it will show itself. But if they are productive, it will also show itself. I do. And I think that, you know, over the course of time, what that really looks like is you start to create metrics and averages for guys on how their project managers feel about them, uh, whether they feel like they're doing a good job or a bad job. Those guys are the ones that are interacting with them every day. So I felt that it was the fairest assessment of a carpenter going and having their project manager review them, whereas my perception of them on a weekly or, you know, a couple of times a week that I get to interact with them, whether it's on site or in the office here for our production meeting, 
uh, provides a little bit more of a realistic outlook as to what those guys are doing and how they're doing it. All right, cool. So let's go, uh, let's talk about your project managers. What are the, what are your KPIs for them? So we touched on the fact that each project manager has a packet of information that they have to fill out uh, for every project. And uh, that packet, again, is assessed at the end of the project through autopsy. Um, and some of the KPIs that I have in place for my project managers are client satisfaction, right. which we achieve through a guild quality report and a weekly client report. Uh, the construction time and schedule uh, within our schedule variance report that we have days that whether we're above or behind schedule and the schedule baseline that we use through uh, co-construct. Okay. Uh, our construction cost and profitability, which is uh, metric is defined through our slippage and grippage through our WIP report. Okay. The planning and execution uh, which is something that we do within our constructability review checklist, uh, which is a form that we give each project manager as sort of a buy-off before they run the project. Okay. The efficiency of their work habits, um, and that is typically measured through store runs and whether materials are available <laughs> and yep. contractors are there when they're supposed to be. Yep, Okay. We measure them through closeout, which is a final 10% form and a substantial completion form that we have in place. Okay. And again, that whole thing comes really kind of full circle with our autopsy, uh, which includes subcontractor reviews, vendor reviews, and the carpenter reviews. Okay. So how do you deal with, I'm just going to put it in this phrase, not my fault. In other words, uh, you're evaluating, you've got these KPIs, you've got, and I don't know exactly which one it would fall under, but, you know, the subs aren't consistently showing up, and so it's pretty easy to blame it on the subcontractors. So how do you get around, when you're measuring something, when you're trying to make it a metric, a, a, a real measurable, how do you get around these things that like, I always want to blame it on somebody else? Well, I think that there are certain understandings that go out for any subcontractor, any outside circumstances that we can't control. But I feel strongly that um, you are in control of your own destiny. <laughs> and I think that proper preparation uh, goes a long way with each individual construction project. Right. And so, you know, whether it's the, um, you know, whether it's the, the 531 um, method of calling ahead for subcontractors or vendors yep. Yep. or um, whichever method you prefer to use for it. Okay. Um, if a subcontractor isn't performing the way that you want them to, then you have to have that discussion with them or you have to find a new subcontractor. Okay. Um, but we try to hold each project manager accountable for their own destiny. Okay. Um, especially within the estimating portion of it, the not my faults. We don't measure budget for individual projects for the entire uh, project. So what we do is our measurable within each individual project lies in subcontractor pricing and labor pricing. Okay. And we measure those because we let each project manager go in and do their own individual buy-off on a project before it's sold. 
So basically, basically they're responsible for only the parts that they can control. That's correct. Okay. All right, cool. So most of this is done at the end of a job. Is that right? Most of these measures? Correct. And then do you have like a spreadsheet or does, do they, do they get numbers? Like, do you get a one through 10 grade for customer sat- satisfaction or do you get a, you know, one through 10 for, uh, you know, project fulfillment or, or how, how does that work? And then how do you cumulatively track that information? Most of our um, KPIs have a one through five measurement. Okay. Um, and so each individual KPI has its own one through five that they're graded on. Okay. And so the, the way that I keep track of those is, you know, it's a master spreadsheet uh, that lies within my office here. Okay. That I have access to at all times. And I let my carpenters and project managers know that they have access to at all times. Um, on top of it, I have scorecards posted within my office. Uh, we have individual build teams here uh, with our project managers. So okay. each project manager has two or three carpenters that they typically are working with on a daily basis. And so those boards are posted as a visual to anyone who cares to know where our teams are at and what they're doing and how they're performing. So is it a is it a like a, a running twelve months or is it uh, in other words somebody might you know have a real rough time for two or three months and then the next six months are great but those first three months drag their score way down. How what is the cumulative measure on those boards? So the cumulative measure for me here is a yearly. It is a twelve. Okay. Month. Okay. Um, to me, it makes the most sense because, as you mentioned, a guy couldn't have a month where maybe he has something going on at home that he doesn't <laughs> really have control over, and it's affecting his productivity. Right, right. So I feel like basing it over 12 months really allows them to to create a good average for themselves without me having to read in between the lines too much. Um but should there be something that pops up in between, then, you know, those things are discussed individually with project managers or carpenters as necessary. So do you have, for each one of these KPIs, do you have like a passing grade? Because like in school, right? I mean, for some people, it's a 60. You know, for me, it was always like you got to hit an 80 or better to feel like I was achieving anything, but do you have like a passing grade so that anything below that, then they get a talking to or training or something like that. But as long as they stay above a certain level, then they're good. 80% is my baseline as well. Um, that I, you know, sort of grade guys off of, you know, I want them to have the opportunity to, should you falter at one point during a project or you have an off month that it's not going to really skew that score too, too far. Most of our project managers run between 15 and 20 projects a year. So you're getting, you know, the accumulation of either of those um, 
you know, of all those projects. So if you get a stinker on one, then uh, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily bring your whole score down. Yeah. But, uh, you know, our guys, we have very high expectations of them and what they do and how they perform it. So, um, and if we get a, you know, a stinker score that kind of pops up in the meantime, we'll sit down and chat with them individually about what happened and how it went and, you know, put the corrective measures in place so that it doesn't happen again. So, Rick, um, is that a rolling 12 months or is that just a calendar? It year? is. Rolling you know, 12. the way that we do it, the way that we do it for our guys here is that with with these KPIs, I, I use them a couple of different ways. Um, and the big one for me is, you know, all these things allow me to really get a good idea of how they're performing on a yearly basis. So. I take a lot of these and I use them for their, um, for their annual review. Um, tagged along with other things as well. Uh, but this is the, you know, the numbers don't lie type of mm -hmm. a thing, right? Yeah. So I do think it's very important to have good data with performance, but there's also a human factor that has to go along with it too. Yeah. And, Rick, is that, has there been a, a really clear cut before and after KPI, uh, this measurement you've been using uh, that you've seen? I mean, is it a, you know, a morale, a culture, a, just an overall quality increase? What, what has been the biggest, I guess, um, symptom subset of putting this in place? And, and you know, speaking to the people listening, um, why would they, you know, yeah. choose to do this? Because, you know, it's... It, doesn't sound it sounds effective but not necessarily easy to incorporate up front so you know if you were to sell or give the biggest shining light of what it's helped you do for me this these kpis have gone through several iterations um and determining what was going to be used and how they were used this it takes some time to get put into place um i've had these systems in place for just over a year now. Um, but prior to that, there was a substantial amount of lead up time of trying to get guys into good habits and teaching them how, you know, really we want to see things run and how we want to see things go. But I've found that if you give someone a goal that is very clear that they have the opportunity to strive towards, then I think that performance will go through the roof so long as they understand what that is and how to get there. And what I experienced with my guys here is that once those things were very clear and laid out to them, then, you know, the competitive nature of the guys individually and as teams really showed itself in that it was boosting production here. It was cutting store runs there it was, uh, I'm not going to let that team beat us at this. So I'm not going <laughs> to let that guy beat me at that because I know I'm better than that. So uh, it's created sort of a friendly competition within our department here, which has allowed us to get in and really sort of run with it and make it a, make it a fun thing. So I, I'm, I'm thinking here, Rick, as we're starting to wind down a little bit, um, if I was, if I had a company like you guys and I wanted to 
started using KPIs, it sounds to me a little bit like, can you tell me whether I got it right or not, that what you did was said, what are some important things that if we can control them and or motivate them, uh, and that's how you came up with the KPIs. It wasn't like there's a standard set of KPIs for the industry and those are the ones I followed. Does that, does that ring a bell? Yeah, I don't think that there are any standard KPIs for any individual company. I mean, there are things that ring true across companies that you want to see done, but I think each company is different and based on your mission statement and your goals as a department on what you want to see, they can fluctuate a little bit, which is, again, why I went through several iterations of that, just trying to get you know, kind of figured out what exactly it was I wanted to measure. And if something wasn't working um, globally, then I had an opportunity to, you know, sort of change that and make sure that everybody was bought in on it as well. Because it did take a solid six to eight months um, of getting these things and just talking about these things before anything was really put into place of, okay, guys, this is what we've been talking about here and now it's real. And now this is what it looks like. And yeah. Now you're measured on it. So, yep. um, so it does take a little while to get into place there, but uh, I, I feel like the rewards that uh, we've seen out of it have uh, really been worth it. So almost all the podcasts that we do, the guests slip something in that is just a golden thing. And I want to ask you about this weekly report, weekly client report. You kind of skimmed right by that. It's not really a KPI, but it, it helps with the, what is that? Just to give everybody an idea, what are you doing on a weekly basis to take the client's temperature? So we have a report set up uh, that our project managers meet with a client and they are looking to, it's more of a communication report than anything wanting to make sure that what the project managers are telling us is actually the case and getting in front of anything that may, you know, have an opportunity to go left or right down the road. Okay. Uh, So what we talk about is client uh, satisfaction rating. We talk about uh, completion date and how that has adjusted or whether that's spot on. Okay. We talk about uh, if client has any questions for design teams. Okay. uh, Any additional alterations or changes that they may want to uh, explore. And this is in a a meeting with the client? This is in a meeting with the client, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then is there a physical report that the project manager fills out? Yep. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, and that gives a a two-week snapshot as to what's happening over the next two weeks. Okay. Um, their next payment total, uh, whether a client has found any visible defects or not. Mm-hmm. And then there's a section in there just for the project managers that they fill out that says their schedule's up to date, the photos are updated, all their to-dos and drawings um, okay. are all up to date as well. And then just a general notes section to kind of capture anything else that might be said along the way. This is so cool. So before we let Rick go, I just want to let everybody out there in podcast land know that Rick was the winner of our idea factory at the pre at the production conference this uh, last September. 
with a great idea that he shared with the crew. So he's been giving back to the community and I really appreciate him taking some time today to give us back some great stuff on KPIs. It's been my pleasure here today with you guys. And, uh, you know, I really love having the opportunity to chat with you and be a part of the show and help pass along any great information that I can for, uh, some other production manager down the road or along the way here. Thank you so much, Rick. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you, Rick. Thank you, Steve. All right, Tim, that was, I mean, that was another fantastic show. That's a lot of information. I mean, that's a lot of good stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it's, it, you kind of go into it going like, ah, this is going to be kind of boring. And like, we're talking about statistics or something like that. And uh, so many great things. And I guess maybe nothing in it was extraordinarily surprising. It's just what I see in what Rick has done is he's zeroed in on things that he believes that if he gets control of those things, it's going to change the overall performance of his team. And so he's set those up as KPIs. And as I suggested uh, during the body of this uh, podcast, it isn't like the industry can say, oh, lead carpenter should be able to produce $750,000 worth of work a year because that's what some people try to do. But that what we're really interested in is what key indicators are going to change the dynamic of your company. And that's what we need to focus on. Yeah, this has been really eye-opening. I think that, um, you know, even started at a somewhat parochial level, I think that getting this data around, you know, what he was talking about with the project managers, with the client satisfaction, you know, with the carpenters, uh, I I, I think it's a win-win. I mean, I just don't know how you could go wrong having this data uh, with your team. I think the other thing that I liked about it was it wasn't like he was trying to collect the data every week and taking up hours and hours of time, but that he used his job autopsy to actually create the data. And by doing that, then it took a solid chunk of time at the end of a job, but it wasn't, like I said, every week trying to get some data. Yeah. Well, once again, we would like to thank Rick Swanquist for joining us today. And we always want to thank you for joining, for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Remember, at The Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.